Hey, welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 433 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. We are going to be continuing our fun-filled off-season series here where we basically just take a look at the best and worst-case scenario for every single player on the New York Rangers, the 20 guys that I believe will be there on opening night, as well as, you know, some guys that might start the season in the AHL, some guys that might be dark horses to make the team some healthy scratch-type players. We're going to continue going through it with what I believe will be the Ranger third line on opening night that will consist of Chris Kreider, Philip Heedle and Barclay Goodrow, and we will do that right here, right now. You're locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so like I just said, we're going to talk about all three of the New York Ranger players who I believe will be on the third line to start the season on opening night. Obviously, this stuff can change. It can fluctuate throughout the season. But for right now, I believe the Ranger third line on opening night will be Kreider, Hedl, and Goodrow. And based on some recent comments from Chris Drury, it sounds like the Rangers are intent on leaving Philip Hedl at center. I mean, to me, that's a whole nother debate for a whole nother episode. If we're up to me, Barclay Goodrow would be at center. Philip Hedl would be at the right wing. I just think their games are more suited for those positions respectively. And then you also take into account the fact that Barclay Goodrow is much, much better in the faceoff circle than Philip Hedl is. I just think it would make more sense to go that way. But for the purposes of this exercise, we will leave Philip Hedl at center. We will put Barclay Goodrow on the right wing and we'll have Chris Kreider on the left wing. And we will start with Kreider. Hard to believe, but it's been a decade of Chris Kreider playing for the New York Rangers. He is the elder statesman of the team now. Doesn't seem like all that long ago when he was kind of just a fresh face rookie coming into the league. One of the young guys that was kind of there to give the Rangers a little shot in the arm. Of course, he debuted in the Stanley Cup playoffs when he made his NHL debut. I believe that was 2011, 2012. It was 10 years ago, either way. So, um, yeah, I mean, Chris Kreider, you know, he's going into his 10th season with the New York Rangers. And... This past season, I mean, kind of a mixed bag for Kreider. He obviously signed that big extension the season before, right around the trade deadline, when there was all this talk about should the Rangers trade Kreider, should they extend him, they end up extending him, giving him the new seven-year contract. This past season, Kreider skated in 50 games with the Blue Shirts, had 20 goals and 10 assists. It took him a long time to get going. And of course, he was not alone there. When it comes to the New York Rangers this past season, we've talked ad nauseum about how many Rangers really just kind of stumbled out of the starting blocks this past season. They just could not get anything going, could not get out of their own way. And Chris Kreider, one of the guys that was supposed to kind of, uh, you know, lead the way for this young New York Ranger team. And he struggled out of the starting blocks last season, as did a lot of players on the New York Rangers. Now, he eventually rebounded. He eventually got hot, as Chris Kreider is prone to do. You know, obviously, he he's a very streaky player. We've learned that. Quite a bit over the years, this decade that Chris Kreider has been on the New York Rangers. Uh, but yeah, it was a bit of a rough start to begin the season last year. You know, Mika Zabaj and Kreider were used to seeing them work their magic together on that top line. It was nowhere to be found. It took them forever to link up for their first goal of the season where one assisted the other. I forget how many games it was, but it was way, way longer than it should have been. Uh, that's the bottom line. And like I said, you know, we'll go ahead and we'll dive into the worst case and best case scenarios for Chris Kreider here. I think in a worst-case scenario for Kreider, we'll start with the worst case because obviously it's better to, to end on the positives. But, you know, we've talked about how Kreider has been inconsistent. And I think in a worst-case scenario, this goes a step further because right now he is one of the ultimate, you know, kind of hot streak, cold streak type players in the NHL. When he's on fire, he's one of the very best in the league. 
when he's not really going very good, he disappears for a couple chunks of games at a time. And I think that in a worst case scenario, you know, we're used to seeing Chris Kreider disappear for six games, eight games, 10 games, and then catch fire. And then he disappears for a while and then he catches fire again. You guys know how it is with Kreider. But I think in a worst case scenario, those hot streaks tend to get a little bit shorter. They don't last as long as they have over this first decade that Chris Kreider has spent in New York. And likewise, the cold streaks tend to go a little bit longer. So the inconsistency is still there, but it gets a little bit worse in terms of the hot streaks not lasting as long and the cold streaks tending to linger a little bit longer than certainly we would like them to see. That's a worst case scenario for Chris Kreider. I personally don't think we're there yet. I mean, you know, you hear that Chris Kreider has been here for a decade and you think like, man, you know, he's really getting up there. But no, I mean, he just turned 30. Uh, I think he still has a lot of good seasons in front of him. And I don't see that being a situation where, you know, he's going to go on these lengthy, lengthy, lengthy cold streaks and, uh, you know, not have as many hot streaks. I think maybe in due time, maybe toward the end of that contract, you could you could see something like that. But for the time being, I don't think we're there yet. But in a worst case scenario, I suppose it's at least possible. Something else for Chris Kreider in a potential worst case scenario is that his speed, which is one of his calling cards, that starts to decline a little bit. We mentioned he did just hit the big 3-0, not ancient by any means, but you got to figure that in due time, you know, by the time he's getting toward the end of this contract, he's 34, 35, 36 years old, you got to figure he's no longer going to be one of the fastest five or 10 players in the league. Once again, I don't think we're there yet. 30 is not ancient by any stretch of the imagination. And watching Kreider over these past couple of seasons, I don't really think he's lost a step. I mean, he still looks like he can fly up and down the ice, and we've seen him do that. We've seen him use his speed uh, to create scoring chances over these past couple of seasons, and I think that continues this next season as well. So I don't think we're there quite yet, but in a worst-case scenario for Chris Kreider, yeah, maybe the speed takes a little bit of a hit, and you know, I think he'll still be one of the faster players in the league, but maybe not elite speed like we're used to seeing for Chris Kreider. Again, I don't think we're there yet. But sooner or later, you know, father time is undefeated. And by the time, like we said, that players get into their mid-30s, they're probably not among the very fastest players in the NHL. Maybe Chris Kreider can uh, can defy that and remain one of the speediest guys in the league uh, right up until this contract ends. It's at least possible. But I would say, let's shift our attention to the best-case scenarios here. I think in a best-case scenario for Chris Kreider, he ends up back on the top line for the Rangers right now. We're kind of projecting it to have Chris Kreider on the third line. I think Alexi Lafreniere might be on that first line. You look to try to get him going a little bit right out of the starting blocks this season. You put him up there with Mika Zibanejad and whoever's playing on the right wing on the top line, likely Capo Caco. And obviously, you're not going to move Artemi Panarin out of the top six. You'd have to be absolutely insane to do that. And so process of elimination, there's a good chance that Chris Kreider opens up this season on the third line, as we were just talking about. But in a best case, you know, maybe he has one of his trademark hot streaks to start the season this year. And he just kind of catches fire and he ends up being moved back to the top line or maybe even starts the season on the top line. Uh, something like that is certainly possible. And, you know, some people might hear that and they might think that it's an indictment on Alexi Lafreniere. Not necessarily, because as I've been talking about here, we know how good Chris Kreider can be when he's in the zone, when he's on one of his hot streaks and when he you know, is is playing with the guys that he has the best chemistry with. And I think Mika Zibanejad is one of those players. So it's possible that we see Chris Kreider move right back up to the top line, maybe even start the season there and, uh, you know, just get on a roll and stake his claim to a spot on the top line and basically just never looks back. Uh, another option for Chris Kreider, if you want to get him into the top six, but not move Alexi Lafreniere out of the top six, 
And this is something that Kreider is going to help the, the Rangers with is his versatility because he's somebody at this point, I think you can basically move him up, down, and all around the lineup. And another option for Kreider to start the season is you put him on the second line on the right wing. And there's a case to be made for a couple of different Rangers to open the season on the second line on the right wing. I think you can make a case for Philip Hedl. More on that in just a second. I think you can certainly make a case for Kreider. And I think you can make a case for Vitaly Krasov if you want to get him off to a good start and put him out there with Artemi Panarin. But the Rangers have had kind of a revolving door at that second line right wing position. And if Gallant and company decide that they want to go with the grizzled veteran over the young player in Vitaly Krasov on that second line to start the season, and they'd rather just roll with somebody who has a lot of experience, then Kreider can certainly be an option there. And I think, you know, playing with Panarin and Strom to a lesser extent, but certainly with Panarin, that's good news for anybody. And that would be good news for Chris Kreider if he ends up working his way into the top six to start the season. Could really go one of quite a few different ways when it comes to Kreider. But, you know, something else that I, I alluded to just a second ago that Kreider can bring to the table in a best case scenario for the New York Rangers is his versatility. I really do think he is suited at this point in his career to move up, down, and all around the lineup. And, you know, you look at the Ranger left wings, and there's certainly a little bit of a logjam there when it comes to, you know, having Kreider and having Kraftsoff and having Panarin. And one way to balance off the lineup is to move one of them to the right wing. I don't think you do that with Artemi Panarin. He's a perennial MVP candidate, and I don't think there's any reason to take him out of his natural position. And when it comes to Alexi Lafreniere, look, we're looking for a big jump for from Lafreniere for this second season with the New York Rangers. And I don't think the best way to accomplish that is to have him move from the left wing to the right wing. Certainly, it's something that you could do. And I don't think Alexi Lafreniere is going to fall apart if you do do that. But to me, I wouldn't mess with the guy that supposedly is a generational talent, one of the best players to come out of the NHL draft in a very long time. So I got to keep both Panarin and Lafreniere on their left wing, and that's where Chris Kreider can really help this team by being able and willing to move to the right wing. And I think finally, in a best-case scenario for Chris Kreider, is he is named the next captain of the New York Rangers heading into this season. The Rangers, of course, have not had a captain since 2018 with Ryan McDonough. Uh, Drury and company have mentioned that it's a big priority for this organization to find a captain going into this season. There's a lot of guys you can make a case for. We've talked about that a little bit on this podcast. Really, since the inception of this podcast, we've always kind of gone back to the debate of who should be the next Ranger captain. Uh, Chris Kreider is still my guy. I think he's got all the credentials. He is the longest tenured Ranger, uh, by all accounts, a very well-respected member of that locker room. Somebody who's been a part of some really deep playoff runs for the New York Rangers. He's played in the Stanley Cup Finals. And I think, you know, if you make Chris Kreider the captain, it gives him maybe even like a newfound sense of purpose where he just realizes, you know what? I got to bring it every single night. I can't be hot and cold all season. I got to go out there. I got to lead the way for these guys, for this young team. And this is my team now. You know, I'm, I'm leading the way. I'm the guy that's got to step up and uh, address the team if it needs to happen. And I'm the guy that's got to bring it on the ice every single night. It's something to consider. And for all those reasons, I mean, Kreider's still my front runner to be the next New York Ranger captain. You guys might feel differently. I know there's some love for Mika Zibanejad, maybe even Jacob Truba or Adam Fox, if you want to go really young. But yeah, I, I would go with Kreider for all the reasons that I just mentioned. And I think uh, him being the captain could be a positive influence on Chris Kreider, just knowing that I got to bring it every single night when I step onto this ice. And we will get to the rest of the Ranger third line, or what I consider to be the third line in just a second. But first, I just wanted to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by DirecTV. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. 
Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It is called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. And today's episode of Locked on New York Rainers is also brought to you by Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. You got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. You know what my favorite flavor is? It's mint brownie. Brownies are awesome to begin with. You put a healthy spin on it and you can sign me up all day, every day. But if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bars the best tasting, but they are healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams of net carbs. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, and so let's go ahead and just kind of keep this thing rolling here. Going to move to center, which for now I suppose is going to be Philip Heedle. If you kind of take Chris Jury at his word, it sounds like it is the desire of the New York Ranger front office, the organization, maybe even the coaching staff for Philip Heedle to be a center going forward. I would put him on the wing. I would put Barclay Goodrow at center for all the reasons that I mentioned uh, kind of in the intro to this show here today. But be that as it may, uh, we'll list Philip Heedle as the third-line center for now. We'll get into Heedle in just a second, but I did just want to let you guys know, if you missed any of the prior episodes where we take a look at the best case and the worst case scenario for every player on the New York Rangers, we covered the second line in episode 431, and we covered the first line in episode 430. So you can go back and check those out anytime you feel like it, maybe even when you're done with this episode here today. But for Philip Heedle, uh, kind of hard to believe, but he has already spent four seasons with the New York Rangers. Now, his first season, he only skated in nine games. So it was basically just kind of a trial run, you know, just get Hedl some experience toward the end of the season, which is what the Rangers did. But it's crazy to think that he's still just 21 or, or he might have turned 22. I know he had a birthday coming up, but he's either 21 or 22 and is going to be entering his fifth season now with the New York Rangers. He has competed in 186 games, scored 34 goals. Dished out 37 assists, so he's got 71 points in 186 career games. He is a minus 25 overall in that time. He has 60 hits and 72 block shots and has struggled in the faceoff circle. He has won just 39.6% of his draws, but... It must be said, this past season was definitely Filipino's best as a pro. He had more than a half point per game for the first time in his career. Uh, 42 games with the Rangers this past season. He had 22 points, so basically just over the half point per game plateau. Uh, eight goals and 14 assists to be exact, but he was also a career best, plus nine, had 15 hits and 19 block shots. He still struggled in the faceoff circle, but he did better than he ever has in his career uh, by winning 43% of his draws. So maybe there is hope yet for Philip Hedl in the face-off circle. I would hope that, you know, he he's working on that in the offseason. But as far as, you know, a worst-case scenario for Philip Heedle, I think in a worst-case scenario, 
he ends up getting traded to the Buffalo Sabres in a package for Jack Eichel. Now, at this stage in the game, at this stage in the offseason, I really don't think that the Rangers and Sabres are going to suddenly come to an agreement on Jack Eichel. It has basically been the world's longest staring contest for the past year plus here, and Jack Eichel is still on the Sabres. And I believe I saw a report the other day where he was about to report for training camp to the Buffalo Sabres. So he wants out, but for the time being, uh, he is still a member of the Buffalo Sabres. The reason I bring up the idea of Filipino potentially being involved in a trade package for Jack Eichel is very simple. I am by no means pushing Filipino out the door, and you guys know I've been lukewarm at best to acquiring Jack Eichel in general simply because of how much it would take and you know his neck issues also. But I am also very well aware of the fact that Jack Eichel is a very talented player, and if the Rangers are going to land him from the Buffalo Sabres, then they're going to have to give up something. And I think certainly a young player like Philip Heal, who's already got some NHL experience under his belt, that would be very, very attractive to a team like the Buffalo Sabres. The Rangers would have to give up something significant, and I think Philip Heal uh, is somebody who could certainly be involved in a package for uh, you know Jack Eichel if the Rangers were to strike a deal with them now or anywhere down the road. Um, and I think for Heedle, that's a worst case scenario because, I mean, first of all, I'm sure he wants to be a part of this Ranger team. It seems like an up and coming group. He has a chance to be a big part of that, but I don't think anybody really wants to go to the Buffalo Sabres and I hate to kick a team while they're down and just kind of, you know, rub salt in the wounds. But, you know, we did a crossover with Joe DiBiase of Locked On Buffalo Sabres and even he said that it's the least desirable place for an NHL player to go right now. So I don't think that's going to do Philip Heedle any favors in his development if he ends up going to the Buffalo Sabres right now. I think also in a worst case scenario, Hedl continues to struggle in the face-off circle. Look, I understand there's more to being a center than just winning face-offs, but I'm sorry, you cannot keep running somebody out there who is sitting on a career face-off winning percentage of less than 40% as Philip Hedl is. And so I think you give him a chance at the beginning of the year if you're the Rangers and you really, really want him to play center, which is what it seems like the Rangers want, then fine, give him a chance. But if we're halfway through the season and Philip Heedle is winning, you know, like 38% of his face-offs, I think a change needs to be made. I think you flip-flop him and Goudreau at that point and you let Philip Heedle do his thing on the right wing. So in a worst-case scenario, definitely he continues to struggle at winning face-offs. I think something else that could happen to Heedle in a worst-case scenario is he continues to get off to a hot start, and then it proves to be something of a mirage because we've seen this in the past. Philip Heedle storms out of the starting blocks. He's explosive. Uh, there was a stretch a couple of years ago where he scored goals in five straight games for the Rangers. And, you know, you think like, man, this kid is for real. He's only 19 years old. You get so excited. He's going to have this amazing breakout season. And then he disappears for, you know, a month or more. And, you know, part of that is a byproduct of being a young player in this league, I'm sure. But I think at a worst case scenario, once again, we kind of get teased by Philip Heedle. He did the same thing this past season. Now, it wasn't entirely his fault this past year because five games into the season, he was off to a really nice start. He had four points in the first five games, and then he got hurt and had to miss a bunch of time. And when he got back, he struggled to kind of get back to the level that he was at. Eventually, he found it. And again, career best season for Philip Heedle this past season. But he always kind of teases you with these hot starts that he gets off to. And it was especially impressive this last year because literally just about every other player on the New York Rangers was struggling at that time, and then he gets injured. So... That was obviously a bummer to, to see that happen to Heedle after a fast start. You know, he gets hurt. He can't really keep it going. And then he comes back and puts up some decent numbers down the stretch, but never really got back to that level that I think that he was in in the first five games there. So, yeah, I think that also happens in a worst-case scenario. And something else that happens to Heedle in a worst-case scenario is his shot accuracy continues to kind of befall him. I don't have any stat to back this up, to back this up, excuse me. But if you look at these Ranger games this past season – 
I don't know that anybody missed an open net or at least a semi-open net more often than Philip Heedle did. You know, you just go by the eye test. It seemed to happen more to him than any other player on the New York Rangers. So that's something that I, I mean, he's got a good shot. That's the thing. He's got a really good shot. And I want to see him be better able to take advantage of that and, you know, bury some of these shots that he should be burying when, when he's got an open net. So uh, we'll see how that shakes out. We're getting to best case scenarios for Philip Hedl in just a second here as well. But first, I just wanted to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by betonline.ag. We are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, best case scenario for Philip Heedle. I think he finds that consistency that he's just kind of been lacking throughout his first couple of seasons with the New York Rangers here. As we've talked about, he is one to get off to a hot start with this team and then kind of, I don't want to say completely fizzle out because, you know, he has his moments throughout the season, but he just doesn't stay at that level that he seems to start at. There's, As we've talked about, there's been a couple of times where he started really hot and they just can't sustain it. And I think we see another really fast start for Filipino this season, and he maybe doesn't stay quite at that level. I mean, I don't see him as like a point-per-game player just yet, but somebody that you have to be aware of if you're the opposition, somebody that you recognize as a legitimate scoring threat with the New York Rangers. I think that's definitely within the realm of possibility. And, you know, it's easy to forget about Philip Hedl because so many fans, you know, both Ranger fans and general hockey fans, are really kind of honed in on Lafreniere and Kako. But, you know, Hedl, it's easy to forget. He's not much older than either of these guys. I believe Lafreniere is still 19. I think Kako is still 20. And Hedl just turned 22. So in a best case, you know, he can kind of be this under-the-radar young player on the New York Rangers that maybe the general hockey world, I mean, I think people have at least heard of him, but they're not really that familiar with him. And maybe in a best-case scenario, he flies under the radar a little bit, but he surprises some people. And because comes, uh, you know, the breakout star of the New York Rangers this season. I think that's something that is definitely possible. Something else that could really help Philip Heedle have a breakout season and something that I could see happening to him in a best case scenario is a move from Philip Heedle into the top six. Right now, we have him penciled in as the center for the third line, but it's entirely possible. As I mentioned earlier in today's episode, you know, that second line right wing position been a little bit of a revolving door there over the past couple of seasons, and maybe Filipino uh, is in the mix to compete for that spot. Maybe we see him up there with Panarin and with Ryan Strom, and as we all know, uh, you play with Artemi Panarin, you're going to see an uptick in your production and in, in your numbers as well. So uh, that's something that could definitely help Filipino take that next step. I think uh, like any other position on the Rangers, basically, there should be an open tryout for whoever wants that second line right wing spot. There's a couple of different options there. I think right now, I would think maybe Kraft's off to start the season, but you can't count out Heedle and you can't count out Kreider. And if Heedle ends up getting to play significant time with Artemi Panarin, I think that can only help his cause as well. And, you know, it's even possible if the Rangers are, are hell-bent on keeping him at center, 
that maybe at a certain point uh, he takes Ryan Strom's spot. I think if 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 Heedle had not gotten hurt at the beginning of last season, he was one of the only Rangers that started the season well, and Ryan Strom was one of many Rangers who did not start the season well at all. If everything had kept going like it had been going, and I mentioned this in the episode where we discussed the Rangers' second line, which also included Ryan Strom, but I think if everything had kind of stayed on the same course there, you might have seen Philip Hedl jump Ryan Strom in the pecking order, and they basically just flip-flopped between the second and third line. But bottom line, if Philip Hedl in any way, shape, or form works his way onto that second line there, uh, that's going to be uh, really good for him, and he will see an uptick in production, as everybody who plays with Artemi Panarin does, and he will be in a position to potentially have a breakout season in a best-case scenario. I get the feeling he starts the season on the third line, but maybe in due time, if he plays well, and if the Rangers need a spark of some kind, you could see him either playing uh, center on the second line or right wing on the second line, and either way, he's with Panarin, and either way, uh, that obviously bodes well for his prospects this season. We will go ahead and wrap up today's episode by talking about the third and final member of what I believe will be the New York Rangers third line on opening night, and that is going to be Barclay Goodrow, who they brought in via a trade with the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Rangers sent a seventh rounder to Tampa Bay in exchange for Barclay Goodrow, who is now a two-time Stanley Cup champion. Uh, 55 games for Barclay Goodrow last season, scored six goals, dished out 14 assists. He was a plus 16 overall, which was a career best for Barclay Goodrow. He had 111 hits, 27 block shots. He succeeded at a 50% rate on the dot, and he also had two goals and four assists in 18 playoff games. Worst case scenario for Barclay Goodrow. This is actually kind of tough because I feel like, you know, a player like Barclay Goodrow, a player of his skill set, you pretty much know what you're getting. You know what you're signing up for. Size and physicality and toughness, that stuff really doesn't tend to slump. So I think he's somebody that, you know, has a fairly safe floor going into this season with the New York Rangers. As I just said, you know what you're signing up for uh, when you bring in a Barclay Goodrow. Um I think in a worst case, maybe there's a situation where Goudreau eventually gets squeezed out of the top nine. I think right now and to start the season, he certainly is going to be on that Ranger third line. Again, it sounds like he'll be at the right wing. I would have him at center, but that's a debate for another episode. But I think in a worst case scenario, Goudreau eventually gets pushed down to the fourth line. You know, maybe some of these guys that are standing out in rookie camp for the Rangers ends up making the team right out of training camp. You know, on opening night, they're out there. You know, guys like... Morgan Barron, Laurie Pagianiemi, Will Cooley has had a great uh, camp so far, it would appear. Uh, maybe at a certain point, some of these kids start debuting for the Rangers, and Barclay Goodrose gets squeezed out of the top nine and moves down to the fourth line. Now, that's not a complete disaster either, because Goudreau obviously has a skill set that is uh, pretty much made for the fourth line. I mean, he's going to go out there, he's going to play physical, he's going to make life difficult on the opposition. It's not a disaster by any stretch of the imagination if Goudreau is playing on the fourth line. But the one thing you can kind of point to is his salary. Now, Goudreau is going to be making $3.64 million per season for the next six years. And that's a little steep for a fourth liner. I think pretty much everybody can agree with that. It could still turn out to be money well spent. But if you look around this league, I don't think you're going to find too many fourth liners that are making $3.64 million per season. I could be wrong. I don't know that for a fact without going through it, but though that would seem to be, you know, obviously a little bit steep for a fourth line player. And, you know, I'll say this about Goodrow, just like I'll say it about anybody else who's going to a new team, really in any sport on any team. And that is that anytime you have a new player, uh, you always wonder if it could take a little bit of time to build the chemistry, to build the trust with your new teammates. Uh, but again, I'm not too worried about that either because Barclay Goodrow, by all accounts, is a great teammate. Uh, you know, we had Adam Denker on here not too long ago, my old NHL.com friend and current host of the Locked on Tampa Bay Lightning podcast. He does a phenomenal job with his show as well. 
Uh, but he was on and he said that, you know, he's got, you know, kind of a chill personality, somebody who's very well liked in the locker room, one of those glue guys. So I wouldn't be too worried about how Barclay Goodrow is going to fit in with this New York Ranger team, who by all accounts are, you know, a pretty tight-knit bunch in the locker room. We've, we've had some guests that have been inside that locker room and they've confirmed as much that this is a really close team and that chemistry is nothing to worry about. Uh, but that's pretty much it for worst case when it comes to Barclay Goodrow. So let's go ahead and get to the good stuff here. The best case scenario for Barclay Goodrow, I think in a best case, he steps right into a leadership role. And I realize that that's easier said than done when you're the new guy in the room, but he's 28 years old. And without going through the entire roster, I got to believe he's older than the vast majority of his New York Ranger teammates. I mean, I'm kind of just doing it in my head right now. There aren't too many players on the Rangers that are older than he is. And so he comes in, he's got credentials. He is a two-time Stanley Cup champion with the Tampa Bay Lightning. And that's something else that Barkley Goodrow brings to the table in a best case scenario here is he's got the Rangers now have somebody that has won the Stanley Cup. And that's something that's been on my wish list for quite some time when it comes to New York Rangers. I want them to get at least one or two guys on this roster that have won a Stanley Cup. Certainly that doesn't hurt to have somebody that knows what it takes to get it done in the playoffs, knows what kind of hockey you need to play when, you know, these teams are gunning for the Stanley Cup and going through all these rounds, these grueling rounds of the Stanley Cup playoff tournament. And so, yeah, I think Barclay Goodrow is somebody that can come in and immediately be a leader in that New York Ranger locker room. Now, of course, Goodrow played for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So that obviously doesn't hurt. And obviously he was not the superstar of those runs to the Stanley Cup. But again, you know, we talked to Adam Denker, my buddy from Locked on Tampa Bay Lightning, and he confirmed as much that Goudreau is one of those glue guys and somebody that really helped this Tampa Bay Lightning team uh, win back-to-back Stanley Cups. Really added a dimension of toughness and physicality that that team was lacking. And so hopefully he can bring more of the same to this New York Ranger team. I think also in a best-case scenario, listen, we've talked about how scoring and stuffing the score sheet, that's not exactly Barclay Goodrow's calling card. But he does seem to have a knack for scoring some clutch goals and some clutch assists even in some big spots for his two teams, the Sharks and the Lightning, over the years. And hopefully, he'll continue that trend with the New York Rangers. You know, maybe the Rangers will get into the playoffs this year. Maybe we'll go into overtime, and Barclay Goodrow will come through with a goal. Uh, He's going to have his work cut out for him to ever score a goal more dramatic than the one that he scored in San Jose. Uh, The Sharks were playing the Knights a couple of years ago in the first round of the playoffs. Game seven goes into overtime. Barclay Goodrow receives a pass, goes up the right wing, and uh, carries the puck across the crease. Hard drive to the net. Slips it past Marc-Andre Fleury, sends the Sharks on their way to the second round. So that was obviously uh, an extremely clutch goal there. And uh, if he gets one that is anywhere near as big as that for the New York Rangers, uh, we'll call it a win. Because obviously uh, that would that would be huge uh, for the Rangers to get Goudreau to score a goal in a big spot in a playoff game. That would be amazing. Uh, but let's get to Goudreau's calling card here. That's obviously the physicality. In a best case... The dude's a human wrecking ball. And that's kind of been what he's been throughout his career. He racks up hits night after night after night. And somebody that you can put on the ice as a tone setter if you're the New York Rangers and you're looking to, uh, you know, establish a tone for a certain game or turn the game around. You know, maybe you get off to a rough start. You put Goudreau's line out there. They play physical. They play tough. And Goudreau himself kind of turns the momentum of a game around uh, almost single-handedly. And this is something else that I wanted to throw out there as well. Uh, The Rangers have not always been razor sharp in the shift that immediately follows a goal. If you look at the Rangers over these last two seasons, there have been quite a few times where either they score a goal or their opponent scores a goal and their next shift is nothing to write home about. I don't know if they just take their foot off the gas or they fail to match the intensity of their opponent or if that's just a byproduct of being a young team or all of the above. 
but I think maybe a line that has Barclay Goodrow on it would be a good line to throw out there after a goal is scored. And again, he can just go out there and play physical and if nothing else, prevent the opposition from getting a quality scoring chance in the shift that immediately follows a goal. You know, that's something that successful teams do. And Goudreau is somebody, once again, he knows what it takes to win this league. He knows what it takes to be a Stanley Cup champion. And I think in a best case scenario, a line that includes Barclay Goodrow can be your go-to line for the Rangers after a goal is scored. Because that has been something of a, an Achilles heel for the Rangers over these past couple of seasons. And that's something that I would hope that they could get cleaned up going forward. But that's going to pretty much do it for today, guys. We will be back with some, we got a couple more episodes for the rest of the week here and Ranger training camp is going to be underway. So I'm sure we'll cover that in our next episode. We will also continue this series that we just did here today. Our best and worst case scenarios for every single player on the New York Rangers. We will move on to the fourth line, followed by the defensemen, followed by the goalies, followed by guys who might start the season in the AHL or might start the season as healthy scratches, whatever it might be. We're going to cover every single player that might do anything to contribute to the New York Rangers this season. We will look at their best case and worst case scenarios. We will also have our final installment of the ultimate team of Ranger one and two year players. We've covered the goalies. We've covered the defensemen. We have covered the top six. We will take a look at the bottom six at, at some point here, whenever we get a little bit of a break from Ranger training camp. And we're also going to get some, some guests and we will also get some guests lined up for you guys as well. So definitely looking forward to all of that. Uh, but once again, thanks for tuning into the Lockdown New York Ranger podcast, your team every day. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.